Welcome, everybody, to another episode of You Press Play Sports. I'm your host and sports editor, Richard Ferreira. Joining me today is photo editor, Eston Parker, and staff writer, Kevin Garcia. Hey, guys, uh, how, are, how are we doing? Doing great. How are you guys doing? Tired. <laughs> yeah, I, get I know you had a you worked a, a thriller of a game last night. So, yeah. but before we get to that, uh, let's have uh, let's take care of FU football first. As uh, on Saturday, October thirty, they beat the UTEP Miners, who had a solid record of six and one heading to, heading to the game. But FU stopped that momentum for a bit as they beat the Miners twenty to twenty five. While the score showed a very tight score, it it wasn't really as close as it seems, especially that with the fact that FU had a good lead, had a sizable lead heading into four, heading into the fourth quarter. But UTEP went on to get 15 points close to the end of the game because FU started to show some holes defensively. Guys, what are your thoughts on FU's performance? And uh, how do you think uh, it felt like the, the good, the bad, and the ugly. It felt like a mixed bag of sorts. Yeah, it's a puzzling game to recap because the the numbers suggest that the game, like the, the score makes sense. When you look at the numbers, UTEP outgained us almost two to one in yards. They had double our passing yards. But the score really wasn't as close as 28-25 would suggest. The game just wasn't that close. There's some timely interceptions from FAU's defense, but other than that, I mean, it was, yeah, it was just, a, it's an odd game to really put a finger on what, what they could done well and what they'd done right. It was just a game that fortunately they were able to win. Yeah, Kevin, I'm, I'm with you. I mean, um, I know for much of the first half, we simply just could not pass the ball. Um, it, it was, thankfully, our, our, our rushing game continues to, you know, really effective but um that was the, the second half they they really showed up um our defense played really well but the first half was kind of kind of tough to watch um i will say but and you know thankfully they held on at the end because when uh after utep scored their first touchdown in the fourth quarter and they got that onside kick um that was that 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 was a little that was a little stressful you you could feel the atmosphere change just a little little bit when they had that uh that onside kick recovery but yeah the the scoreline definitely doesn't reflect um like how i guess uh not one-sided it was but it definitely wasn't as close as the scoreline suggested yeah definitely um FU definitely didn't play the best to their standards, and I'm pretty sure they understand that. Like you could tell at post game, of like they just weren't pleased with the performance, even though they got the win, which is which is a good sign. Like they're not taking anything for granted. Like they're grateful for the win, but they just got to work on those issues. And and Nicosi Perry still, like he had didn't have the worst game but he could obviously do better to 13 for 26 for 149 yards and a touchdown and then the rushing game as we pointed out had the best highlight especially Johnny Ford who got a touchdown on 13 rushes for uh 93 net yards 
including his longest run, was 27 yards. So Johnny Ford still continues to provide for the FEU rushing offense. And uh, and defensively, we did a good job on one of their best receivers in Jacob Cowing on, from UTEP, who only had six receptions on 36 yards, no touchdowns. So it's pretty clear that uh, FEU's priorities on defense were made clear and locked down one of the best receivers. So, like... This game was very uh, weird for FAU, but they managed to get the win and got their defensive tactics to start the game correct. As long as they can retool what they need to do offensively and defensively, especially as they host another home game on Saturday, November 6th against Marshall at 6 p.m. It's a, a very big game for FAU as it's a rivalry game. It's a, it's a very big game that would have some dire consequences on how the standings in Conference USA will look like in the East Division. Guys, what do you think FU has to do against uh, a team like Marshall? Well, for, for, for one, the, the passing game has to, I think, has to execute a lot better than it did against UTEP. <clears throat> I would say that's really the biggest point of attack because the rushing game is fine and our defense has been on a pretty much on a roll the last couple of games. I, I think the passing game is really where we need to see. And I want to see if Nkosi Perry is truly a hundred percent. We know he had an injury a couple of weeks back and we didn't really know exactly where he's at. Yeah, Kevin, I'm with you. I mean, our, um, our, our passing game just needs to be better. And, and I think uh, against Utah, that was probably his, I hate to use this term, but that was probably his worst game so far. Um, he just wasn't, well, I guess besides UF. Um, but, like, um, he, our passing game just needs to be more effective. Um, but I'm with you. Our, our defense has been playing like we've expected them to be, playing really well. Russian game's been really good. Um, and one thing I've – Notice too is with our defense, especially our red zone defense has been really good. Um, I think if I, I'm not sure if it was FAU that posted the stat, or I think I, again, I wish I could, I need to find the attribution for it, but I think we have one of the top ranked red zone defenses in the country. Yeah, so, you're right about that. You're right about yeah, that. Absolutely. Yeah. So if they can keep that up, I mean, that's, that, that can be huge. And, hey, let's keep the winning streak going at home. So. Yeah, let's extend the streak at home. Uh, fans, go out to cheer for your hours against Marshall. It's a, it's a rivalry game. It's very big. So uh, if FAU wins that, we could really go all the way in qualifying for the conference tournament title game. Well, conference title game, actually. And, uh, and have a, a very good bowl game, in, uh, as a matter of fact. So cheer out for your owls. And let's beat them the third, take down the herd, like for real. <laughs> oh, yeah. And moving on from FEU football, we have FEU soccer starting with the men's. They played two games this past week. On Tuesday, they took down North Florida on the road with a 1 0 victory, thanks to a game winning goal by Ivan Mikolenko, which guaranteed uh, their first back to back winning seasons since 2003 and 2004. And after coming off of that, uh, they 
they played their last home game of the season against the FIU Panthers, who were ranked number 17 in the nation. Unfortunately, they couldn't uh, get payback against the Panthers as they lost by a convincing 4-0 defeat. So, Essen, what are your thoughts on that game? And, well, with me and you watching it alongside together in person, it was rough, but it's it, we shouldn't have really thought uh, much as with FU beating the likes of a strong FIU squad. Yeah, I mean, you know, you you wish that they at least could have scored two. Um, and they had their chances, especially at the beginning of each, in both the first and second half, like I'd say for the first 20 minutes, you could tell that they were really bringing the intensity. Um, but it was almost like once FIU scored, um, it, the whole mood just kind of changed and everything shifted and FIU ran away with it. Um, you know, and, and even though he allowed four goals, Neil Strauber still played really well. Um, and again, like you said, Richard, FIU is a nationally ranked team. They're really strong. They play really well. Um, and, you know, we haven't beat them since 2013, but at least at least we finish again with the winning record. I think that's huge for the program, um, especially considering yeah. that historically they really haven't been the, the best. Um, and I think with the players they have, Maybe down the line, like this group of freshmen, maybe they can lead the change. And maybe within the next four years, maybe we'll beat FIU. So, <laughs> yeah, hopefully. Um, our last three games against FIU the past three seasons uh, 2019, a 6 1 defeat at home. Uh, the last season, spring, a 2 0 defeat at FIU. And this season, a 4 0 defeat at home. So, we slightly progressed uh, with taking on FIU at home, but we still got a lot of work to do. And But that will have to wait for next season against FIU. Um, if we don't face them in the tournament, if if we actually qualify, as FAU will play their last conference game of the season against the Kentucky Wildcats on Friday, November, November 5th at 7 p.m. That game will be on ESPN Plus and... Uh, like uh, the like in the football world for FAU, this game will have uh, consequences in the standings as FAU is in competition with, uh, of course, Eston's uh, South Carolina Gamecocks. <laughs> as tiebreaker rules might come in effect if FAU loses and South Carolina beats their remaining opponent in Old Dominion, which I see could happen, but uh, the tiebreaker rules. Uh, are right now are in favor of FEU, especially by goal difference in conference play. So as long as FEU holds the advantage in conference play uh, and by, by with goal difference, they should be able to qualify for the second Conference USA tournament in their history. So good luck to them. Hopefully they can uh, hope, uh, test Kentucky, take Kentucky to the limit, like force a draw so that F so FAU wouldn't have to worry about South Carolina. <laughs> now, last but not least for FAU sports, uh, we got women's soccer. They finished the regular season with a 2-0 home defeat against Old Dominion, who topped, the, who topped their East division. 
But despite that, FU still qualified for the tournament regardless. And they qualified as the fourth seed. And because they were the fourth seed, they played in the first round against the Charlotte 49ers, who were the fifth seed. Luckily for FAU, despite a very testy game throughout throughout the entire uh, normal time and extra time, they got to a penalty shootout. And luckily for the Owls, uh, their goalie, Amit Cohen, came in to save the day with brilliant saves. And, of course, the game-winning save to help FAU get to the quarterfinals. Essen, what are your thoughts on their performance? Um, it was really impressive. Um, I also like how you mentioned it was chippy because they that was they they were playing real physical both teams. Um, and my lord, they were talking a lot of trash. Um, I I can't repeat the things that that I heard them say, but um, I don't think that they liked each other very much. Um. <laughs> But uh, yeah, I mean, it was, like I said, a really impressive performance um, on both sides of the ball. You know, when, I, when uh, we'd get the lead and Charlotte would equalize, you could tell that FAU just had that determination to maintain a lead, maintain their advantage. Um, Miracle Porter, of course, you know, scores again. What, what, what should we, I mean, should expect nothing less at this point. Um, Emma Grissom getting her first goal of the season and her second goal in her entire career in a penalty kick um, in the uh, in the 54th minute. That was great for her big moment. Um, and yeah, the penalty shootout. It was uh, it, it was definitely intense. Um, at one point we missed. I think it was in the after the third or fourth. Um, kick we had one of our penalty kicks saved and the uh, taker for Charlotte in the next one skied it over so um, that was a big moment and Cohen making that that last save was that was awesome um, and I, I gotta say that the crowd that was there last night was really into it like there yeah. were a lot of different athletes that were there um, the baseball players were leading a lot of chance um oh they i think they were living in charlotte in the charlotte players heads rent free um it, it was it was it was a fun game it, it was a really really fun game so yeah sports unite fu sports unite to uh make sure we bully our conference opponents you love to see it <laughs> oh yeah but yeah, it was definitely uh, an important win for FEU, and uh, especially for Cohen, who conceded two goals, but still managed to pull through and make some brilliant saves in the penalty shootout, especially with the game-winning save. And hopefully they carry that momentum into the semifinals against uh, a familiar opponent against the Southern Mississippi Golden Eagles on Wednesday at 7 p.m., and of course, it will be broadcast on ESPN Plus. And should after you win that, they get to the semifinals. So, Eston, uh, it's a, like I said, it's a familiar match. We lost to them last season in the quarterfinals of last season's Conference USA tournament, two-one. It's gonna be a tough one from here on out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. All right, uh, that will conclude our section with FEU Sports, and we'll move on to NFL football, who recently played 
week eight of of game of their week eight set of games. So guys, uh, what what games have you have you watched throughout the uh, this past weekend? Well, I watched uh, the Monday night game yesterday very closely. That was a tough game to watch on a lot of levels. One, it was the entertainment quality, the lack thereof of entertainment quality, I should say. Um, just a lot of false hope. The Giants staying in the game just to lose in a heartbreaking fashion. It, um, unbelievable, you know, but still we kept up with the Chiefs. I don't know what that means. The Chiefs, they should have beaten us by like 40 points, but there's something clearly wrong with the Chiefs and Patrick Mahomes. I don't know what what's going on with them, but they need to get fixed. Yeah, um, I I wasn't able to watch the game last night, but if I was talking to a few of my friends who are Giants fans, and they pretty much said the same thing as you, Kevin. Um, it and I I was I was hoping to see uh, Din Dimes just you know go all, go all out because the Chiefs really don't have much of a defense. They don't they don't look their normal selves this year. Um, I. Uh, I made the glorious decision to again watch my beloved Dolphins, um, just you know, do what they do best, get smacked by the Bills and Josh Allen. Um, and you brought that one on yourself watching that yeah. game. Yeah, um, Brian Flores has never beaten the Bills so far in his career. Yeah, and again, Tua doesn't look bad, but um, one in seven. We don't have a first-round pick. Go Dolphins. Um, <laughs> go, go Dolphins. It's okay. Deshaun Watson will be there running around in a few in a few weeks, maybe next season. So I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. yeah he'll be bro. he'll be running on the field and maybe running from the cops. Okay. Oh. that may have been too much. Mm. And it's I, don't feel, I don't even know how to feel about him. And to make matters worse, the Jets are above the Dolphins. Like white baby, the <laughs> the Jets are above the Dolphins. As then they beat Cincinnati 34 31. The Dolphins have lost since their season opener against New England. Bro, what happened? I hate the Jets. How did we, yeah? I still don't know how we beat the Patriots. We should you, realistically, you know, I think if we played the Lions right now, I think the Lions would win. <laughs> oh man. They're the only uh, team that haven't won a game yet, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. Oh, my. Yo, that would be extreme pain if they lose to the, to the Lions. Gee. <laughs> Do they have the Lions on their schedule? Thankfully, no. Oh, God. <laughs> hey. Sorry. Our teams play, though, in a few weeks. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> yeah, we're going to be battling for the second pick. Lions and Dolphins. <laughs> oh, boy. Um, but yeah, I can't say I haven't watched uh, any NFL games myself this past weekend, but I could see that I could, I always see the scores and for some reason, the Dolphins always keep receiving the most pain. Uh, again, sorry, Heston. (laughs) Um, yeah, um, moving on from NFL football, uh, to our last section of the day, uh, NBA basketball. They've continued playing their games as they passed their second week. And uh, it's starting to show some uh, things throughout the season with the Bulls and the Heat, the Knicks, 
the Wizards and the Sixers having a great starts to the season. And alongside the West, the Jazz and the Warriors. <laughs> so, guys, what which, what games have you thought uh, made, it, made up your mind about certain teams, especially with the Bulls? Well, the Bulls, they, they couldn't get the job done against the Knicks at, at their home at their home court. So that, that's really the only good team they've played. Like, who, who did the Bulls play yesterday? I don't remember. But Okay, and so they've only yeah. had a bad so, team. <laughs> oh, yeah. Some bad luck. Yeah, I, yeah, I, we'll go with that. Boston lost to Washington twice. I, I, can't, I can't take that, bro. I can't. I just can't. <laughs> but, hey, Washington does have a deeper squad than they did last season, especially with Kuzma trying to be on the come up once again. Uh God. But I ho- I'm sure Boston can bounce back from that. But, but yeah, I do want to focus on the Bulls, Heat, and Knicks, who have had great starts to the season as they currently hold the top three in the East. So, Aston, uh, what are your thoughts on the Heat? They're, they're looking good so far, and their defense uh, especially. Yeah, I, I, it's been really impressive to watch them. And also, real quick, the Bulls did beat the Jazz, too. Um, oh yeah, that's true. That's true. They did. Okay. I think Martin Rosen dropped Utah and Boston off with 30 point, 30 plus point games. So, oh, yeah. Um, but uh, my heat. Yeah. I mean, cruise through the Grizzlies um, and making another statement win beating the Nets. Of course, we also did really well. Jimmy Butler, 32 points, 10 assists against the Hornets. Um, I mean, they're just playing way more efficiently than we were last season. Um, and I think part of it is a, you know, they're, they're healthy this season. Um, I think their addition so far with Kyle Lowry, um, and their depth additions, like Markeith Morris and PJ Tucker have been doing pretty decent. Um, especially Lowry, you could, you could tell that the offense has been flowing way more. You're seeing improvements from Tyler hero. Um, he's actually playing somewhat like a hero. Um, at least especially on offense. His defense could still use some work, but it's it's better than what it was. Um, it's, it's looking good so far, you know? Um, uh, give me more culture. Need it. Need it. Keep it keep it going because, you know, Miami sports don't have much going for them right now. So. <laughs> Again, sorry, Eston, for the Miami sports pain. Well, besides the heat. Yeah. Because- of course, I did expect them to be good going into the season, and their top three start in the East. It's not. Uh, I expected them to be third in the East anyway, but with them having the best defense in the NBA so far, only allowing ninety-seven points with their closest, uh, uh, with the teams closest to them being Utah and uh, Denver, with who are allow only ninety-eight. So it's pretty clear Miami is doing what they set out to do on defense and their offense is not bad itself as well. So if Miami can keep that up, their top three finish in the East is pretty much going to be all but expected. And uh, going into the Lakers who are starting to uh, get pick themselves back up uh, as they want two straight games and the uh, Russell Westbrook starting to come into form and a certain player off their bench, uh, Camarillo Anthony, is starting to make some noise for six-man of the year as Lakers are undefeated whenever he scores more than 20 points in a game. 
So, Kevin, what are your thoughts on Melo's performances? And now he's in the running for six man. Uh, I, I love to see it as a lifelong fan of Carmelo Anthony. He's one of my favorite players in the league. I, I'm rooting for him. I don't like the Lakers, but I'm rooting for Melo. So if the Lakers win and Melo finally gets a ring, I, I'll be happy for him. Uh, he looks like prime Melo out there in a lot of respects. He's out there just wetting threes, making the classic mid-range shots. Uh, he proved in Portland that he still has something left in the tank when the NBA had had nearly forgotten about him. And he played so well in Portland that now he's in, he could have gone anywhere and he chose to go to the Lakers. And I think he fits that team better than people thought he would. Because with LeBron and AD out there and Westbrook all just commanding so much attention on defense, Melo could just hang out in the corner, take a lot of open shots and do what he does best. And he's been, in a lot of respects, he's been helping carry that team more than even Westbrook has in, in certain games. So, yeah, I mean, he's been great. I love to see it. Um, I don't know how the Lakers are going to fare in the regular season, but we all know once it gets to the playoffs, they're going to be fine. No matter what seed they finish at, they'll be fine as long as everyone's healthy. And uh, another question I do want to get on you guys is uh, Zion Williamson, who hasn't played a game yet this season. And I'm hearing, uh, uh, and there have been recent stories about him that he's been uh, out of shape and that he's, put over like uh, like his current weight is now over 300 pounds well zion is already built but being over 300 pounds that's uh <laughs> Esten, um like what are your thoughts on zion and uh are the pelicans really just tanking for another lottery pick this season because they haven't played him yet and maybe zion it, maybe thinking to be on his way out, maybe. Bro, is he trying to be a defensive lineman for the Saints? Like what? That's what I, I like. What? He's giving me offensive lineman slash defensive lineman uh, uh, tendencies because he's built. That is massive. Like, oh man, yeah, he's maybe. I don't know. With the way the the Pelicans are playing. I'd probably want to fly out of there too. <laughs> like they're sitting close to the bottom of the conference, second to worst, uh, only over, only above the OKC Thunder. Um, so, yeah, um, I'm pretty. Sure, I I understand Zion's position that, uh, like, uh, watching some of their highlight uh, highlights, you don't really see the fans uh, being there. It's not even sold out. So. Uh, of course, it will be sold out when Zion's there, but when he's not, it's pretty clear that uh, the Pelicans are not on everybody's uh, watch list. So, <laughs> which is which is funny, but man, Zion, <laughs> it just makes me laugh because he's giving me that like should have been a football player tendency, <laughs> but he's so crazy athletic that he could play basketball as well. Which makes it even more insane. And Zion, like, no matter what, even if he's have, even if he's heavier than usual, he's he's still gonna ball out on the court regardless. He's just not gonna be at top shape. And uh, <laughs> but yeah, Zion, man. Yeah, I, I think he's trying to force his way out of there. That's what it, that's what all signs point to. I don't, I don't think he wants to be in New Orleans. Did you see when he got drafted? His reaction. Or when it was like, like when the Pelicans won the lottery, 
don't know if you guys saw it, but he was just like, oh, man, really? Like, like you think he wants to be in the mix, do you? <laughs> yeah, he definitely does. He's showing love to RJ Barrett. He posted on, on his Instagram that him and RJ are best friends. You know, I mean, he wants to, I don't know. I mean, I, I don't know if he wants to go to the Knicks. I'm sure he does, but I, I just think he wants to be anywhere but New Orleans. We saw this with Anthony Davis and Chris Paul. Any superstar that winds up in New Orleans, they want out. Yeah, like as soon as Zion leaves New Orleans, watch him just be back in top shape. It's just yeah. going to be hilarious seeing him just having fun out there while New Orleans just continues to be. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah, they got to get new. They got to move that team, man. We, we, can, can Seattle get a basketball team? Can we get basketball back in Seattle, man? Get, get, New Orleans yeah, don't deserve Seattle a team. getting a basketball team again, bro. Trust me. I want Seattle to have their team back. <laughs> yeah, they, they don't. New Orleans doesn't deserve a team, man. <laughs> I, I wouldn't go that far, but uh, Seattle. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, Seattle, I, I do support them having their own, having their team again. Like, I want to, I want, the Seattle Supersonics back in Seattle. So hopefully the NBA tries to do that in the near future. But for now, we got to deal with the current situation. And Zion just, oh, he might be with weight issues. He might be on his way out. And once he gets to a new team, watch him come back in top shape. And it, oh, better, yeah. not, and it better not be with the Knicks. <laughs> well, I just stand, it better not be with the Knicks. <laughs> and with that that'll be it for this episode of you press play sports make sure to hit like and subscribe click the bell to keep up with notifications from us also be sure to go on youpressonline.com to keep up with news sports and more content alike to follow us on twitter it's for me at rich 26 Pereira. for Esten, it's simply at Esten parker and for kevin at kevin gar 658 Thanks for watching and have a great day.